Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Mr. Fox is a warrior. At least that's what the name he received from his grandfather means. We'll get to that later. Yet unlike warriors prone to attack, Phil Fox stays ready in a stance of self-defense, defending his heritage, his family, and his faith by using his velvet voice for a higher purpose. Last year, through my friend Fredo, aka BK Apologist, I was introduced to a collective of individuals defending the gospel, all from different walks of life, all from different denominations, and all from different neighborhoods around the country, coming together in the name of apologia. Apologia is a Greek word that means defense. And in the urban apologetic world, defending the gospel is a serious yet awesome responsibility. And why not have fun with it? I virtually sat down in the Bible bodega, pulled up a chair, and from current topics to which city makes the best pizza, (laughs) Chicago, of course, then week after week, I saw how apologia or the defense was presented. And sometimes without warning, receiving a shout out. Yeah, I see uh, Val, Je- uh, Val Johnson in the in the chat. Shout out to you, what sis. Up, go, go check out her uh, her podcast, uh, Interludes. I, it was my first time listening to it. It was informative. It was hilarious. Go check it out, Interludes, Val, Val Johnson. Yes, yes, yeah. big up to Val. On today's show, allow me to introduce Mr. Phil Fox, as deemed by his comrade, BK Apologist, as the real American. He has a unique voice in the urban apologetic space and uses it to bring drops of hope to many believers from North Dakota to New York City to all around the world. I'm Valerie Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. We would like to thank our local title sponsor, A1 Pestmasters, for supporting Interludes. This episode brought to you by Montevilla Coffee and Tea. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Valerie Johnson. Hey guys, this is Valerie Johnson, and welcome to another edition of Interludes. I interviewed a close friend of mine um, who goes by the name of BK Apologist. I personally know him as Alfredo, uh, and he has he's known on YouTube as BK Apologist, and through his weekly show, uh, The Bible Bodega, I discovered a collective of urban apologists, and I didn't understand what any of that was. That's the reason why I had him come on the show and explain that to me. But this young man stood out to me as BK would introduce him as the real American. (laughs) He leads a ministry called Drops of Hopes Ministries, and he interviewed some of the best intellectual minds when it comes to the urban apologist space. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Mr. Phil Fox, how are you today? I'm doing good, Val, doing good. It's absolutely a pleasure to be on this platform. I, I listen, uh, I have. I mean, I, I have to be honest, uh, I listen okay. almost weekly. 
but I listened to a lot of the content and, and it's just, I, I was just blown away. I mean, the first time I met you was actually on the bodega. You came and stopped in and I think it was the big pizza controversy. I think it was back and forth about that. Yes, I remember that. He brought me on. I'm like, okay, I'm defending Chicago pizza. Okay, here I am. Yeah. So, so I mean, I was just impressed with your just your delivery. I could tell you were polished right off the bat. Okay. And then then it was the whole, you know, oh yeah, I there's this podcast out there called interludes. And and then I was like, Hey, Bell Johnson's the one that was on the, so I like put two and two together and, and I've been a fan ever since. So great stuff. I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Oh, wonderful. I guess we're both fanning out, which is, which is wonderful. <laughs> every time I now drops of hope ministries, he comes on every Sunday and I try to sneak in when I can. It's two o'clock my time because I'm an hour behind uh, uh, Mr. Yeah. Fox. Four but o'clock yeah, Eastern. Yeah. Four o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Central for me. And yeah. um, always has great folks on. But I'm going to get to the introduction, the real American that BK always, uh, BK always <laughs> introduces you all. When you hear the words Native American, what comes to mind? Well, uh, uh, it's a, a people group. You know, I, I have a lot mm-hmm. of family. Um, you know, I've uh, I was a powwow singer. Uh, you know, I still am. Uh, you can see the drum in the background. Nice. And, um, you know, I still sing and, and do those types of things. And, and I think mainly the, the thing that comes to mind is culture. Good. And so Native Americans is a loaded term because we're not all monolithic. You know, we all have mm-hmm. different languages. There's different culture groups. There's different cultural practices, you know, so... So when I hear that term Native American, I just think of diversity and, and culture, you know, and those are the, that's the biggest thing probably. Yeah. And you grew up in Western North Dakota, and this is a section of the U.S. I am completely unfamiliar <laughs> with. How was it growing up there? It was, uh, it was slow, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, now I'm in, uh, in one of the Northern suburbs of Detroit, uh, you know, so, uh, and, and I'm right in the heart of, of what's called, uh, automation alley, you know, where all the technology for a lot of the vehicles and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of hustle and bustle, particularly in our area that we're in now. Um, but you know, growing up in North Dakota, uh, and, and see that it's, it's funny because it's, it's just funny how God works because my wife grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So she's used to the hustle and bustle. Mm -hmm. So she's right at home here. Um, But me growing up in Western North Dakota is very slow. My town, the town that I grew up in has, it's ballooned to like 600 people now. Oh my goodness. But, uh, but when I was growing up, it was like 250, maybe 400 ish. If you, you know, sort of the greater township area, it's a rural community. Um, right in the heart of the reservation, Indian reservation. Uh, I come from the Mandan, Hedatsa, and Arikara people. And um, and so our tribe and, and the town that I grew up in, I graduated in a, a graduating class of nine. So, so wow. when I, when, so when people hear nine, they're like, oh, that's a pretty good size. I'm like, well, no, 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 not 900, nine. <laughs> so, Yes, yes, nine under in the, my grade. Under 10. <laughs> yes, under 10, not double digits. <laughs> not, not the whole digits. Yeah, so, so yeah, um, 
so yeah it was it was very slow uh harsh you know very harsh winters you know so we had to uh and and it was very communal you know the the living was communal everybody obviously knew each other and every you know i could when i was a was a youngster i could ride my bike anywhere in town um and i had constant eyes on me you know and yeah. and it was it was literally a village that we we all collectively would you know raise each other and you know if someone got in trouble we'd know and you know so but um but yeah it's it just it's a lot different and and um but the the close-knit community aspect is is uh, something that i still try to instill in my children even though we're in such a large community um so but yeah values and those types of things so yeah and <clears throat> Uh, you stated that your native name means defeats the enemy. And yeah. I've come to understand that being an urban apologist is one who defends the gospel. How is both your native name and being an apologist related? Yeah, actually, um, you know, I, I try to live up to the name because the name uh, my grandfather gave me, um, he he told me the only reason why I, he can give me this particular name because mm -hmm. this name is actually the, the name that goes to a warrior, someone who's actually fought in, in, in battle. He said, but because you get up every morning and you go and fight for the people uh, and you go and fight the, the evil one every day mm -hmm. and you go and fight the spiritual battles is the only reason why I can give you this name. So he gave me the name of Ma'ihagadesh, which means defeats the enemy or literally defeats the the one that is foreign to this land. And mm -hmm. so that that's the, the literal translation to it. So with that, um, you know, apologetics uh, within itself is a defense of the faith. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, defending the faith and and and, you know, having this mentality of of constantly being in battle it's it, it's something that i i do take very serious and i do try to live up to this 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 name and 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 uh, the responsibility of of a, basically an entire people group because mm -hmm. unfortunately there's not a lot of representation when it comes to native people and and unfortunately there's not a, a, a i mean and, and this isn't a shot at at native Christians, but there's just not a lot of very mature, even those who would be in the ministry. Um, you know, there's not very many theolo you know, theologians per se, and I don't classify myself as a theologian by any, any means, but, but there's just, you know, there's just not a lot of folks who are very spiritually mature to be able to go out and defend against not just the, the things that would be brought up within the native American realm, but also, you know, fighting against the doctrine of the Hebrew Israelites or, you know, Islam or uh, Mormonism or, you know, so whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, abroad or, you know, whether it's uh, in, inside what would some people would classify as Christendom, you know, the, the heresies that are within Christendom itself and that would be within the vein of Christianity, um, you know, there's not a lot of folks who would native folks anyway who would be able to do those types of things yeah and 
I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that because I was thinking of the word apologist. I'm like, I don't want to apologize for, for knowing and loving God. I don't want to. I want to. I want to love God and be and be proud about it. And right. to see an entire women, a women and men collective of apologists, and you guys tag team one another. You're on each other's YouTube. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, you, you'll write about you on the blog, and it kind of goes back and forth. I knew Fredo was searching for kind of that group of folks or that collective to defend the gospel. How did you and BK Apologists come together? I'd love to find that out. Well, actually, um, how I got into apologetics, and mm -hmm. apologetics, I mean, uh, defined uh, is from the word apologia. Uh, and and it's found within First uh, uh, Peter chapter three verse sixteen, which essentially it says, you know, always be prepared to 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 make a defense for the faith and the hope that is within you. Mm -hmm. So you know, and I, we take that very seriously because mm -hmm. you know we want to have this defense uh, for the faith. And so, <clears throat> how I came to this whole thing was. A good friend of mine uh, came to Christ, and uh, he was searching very hard, and and God was working on him. Uh, he was reading, he was into the Word, he was reading the Word, and then we're about three months into this thing, and then all of a sudden he was start telling me about this guy who was preaching on YouTube, okay. and I was like, I'm not familiar with this type of theology. Let me check it out. So I start looking into it, and it he, the guy was a Hebrew Israelite. Mm. And so I start, um, and it, you know, for those who might not be familiar with who Hebrew Israelites are, they're another, uh, they're another, uh, cultural identity group there. And they, they hold to an identity doctrine that, that, uh, black, basically black, brown and dark people who are in the Western hemisphere. Uh, and this is a, a, <laughs> a very 30,000 foot, uh, uh, overview you. of, of who, who they are but right. um but they essentially claim that they are so the african americans native americans hispanics you know jamaicans those types of anyone who's brown and on the western side of the of the planet are the actual jews uh and so there's there's a lot a lot of theology a lot of it is identity doctrine right. and so um so my friend was really getting into this. And so I start researching what it was. I was starting from scratch. I knew nothing. And I stumbled upon uh, Vocab Malone's channel. Okay. Yeah. And I was I was watching Vocab and, and sort of just trying to hone into this whole idea of Hebrew Israelism. Mm -hmm. Formerly the, the Black Hebrew Israelites is another name. They don't really care for that name anymore. Uh, so, out, so out of that respect of, of not, you know, you know, poking the hornet's nest, if you will, uh, you know, so Hebrew Israelites. And so looking into that and then, you know, vocab is another guy who likes to showcase other, other apologists and stuff. And so, um, uh, BK, I think it was BK and Adam Coleman were on his channel together. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was really impressed with BK and Adam. And, uh, so I start looking into both of their content and uh i that it was right literally right around the time uh uh alfredo started the the bodega bible talk 
And, um, and so I tuned in and I was a loyal fan for, for a few months. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get on this platform. <laughs> you know, Like that was my goal. Uh, <laughs> and, and, but totally by God's grace, you know, uh, actually him and, um, the sort of the, my break-in point I think was, um, was, uh, BK and Adam Coleman, uh, were doing this critique of, of Candace Owens. And she had made a comment, uh, uh, this broad comment about Native American people being uh, cannibals or something like that, or, you know, and I was like, wait, that's not, that's not historically accurate, you know, and I said it it had to be some kind of, um, some kind of weird uh, anomaly, you know, maybe they were in a, some kind of hardship situation. And it turned out that that's exactly what it was. And so Adam, you know, Adam's like, hey, this guy in the chat kind of knows what he's talking about. So. So that was like my first, like, um, them realizing I, I might be some kind of asset. And then um, I really don't know how um, I got onto the bo- the Bodega Bible Talk, but Alfredo let me on uh, one one time, and I hung around long enough in the chat to to sort of be known a little bit. And I was a moderator for a while, and mm-hmm. and so I just sort of hung around, and then uh, God did His work. And then now um, I'm part of the part of the UA community, you know, one of the content creators and, and those types of things. So, so yeah, it's it's just totally one of those things where God was working and and allowed, you know, little old me to share my gifts and share my unique perspective. <laughs> I know, and and. And sharing the gospel with people, and you probably have answered this a little bit, what drops of hope are you aspiring to give the masses uh, through YouTube and beyond? Yeah, that's, um, well, Drops of Hope Ministries actually um, came from this idea of um, reservation life uh, typically is, is very, it's very oppressive uh, for some folks. You know, um, uh, one of the reservations actually when I was in high school, because uh, I came to Christ when I was a freshman in high school, didn't really live the life until until way after that. Um, but I was always a Christian, you know, and, and maybe my sanctification wasn't where it needed to be. Um, <clears throat> but I always remembered the the fact that when I was in high school, there was a there was a um, epidemic, a suicide epidemic on one of the reservations and they were losing like one, I think the statistic was for, for a span of a, a, like a year and a half, uh, they were losing like one kid a week to suicide. And because of this hopelessness, um, I wanted to bring back hope to my people. That was my goal. That's uh, it was always my goal. And Drops of Hope literally started as a blog, and I, I intentionally started as very, very short blogs because Native people historically aren't readers, mm-hmm. so it's 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 tough to get someone to read uh, even a two minute read because a two minute read is is like this long, you know. And words or more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so getting somebody to 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 read, you know, this little paragraph basically and that was more manageable and so i just i thought of it as drops of hope 
and little bite-sized nuggets of, of hope that people can hold on to. And so that was the, the, basically the genesis of the ministry. And then now it's taken off into this, you know, this platform of YouTube. And now we have, you know, we're pushing, uh, over three, uh, 3,500 subscribers mm -hmm. and, um, and literally our goal is my, you know, my goal is not to just minister, be able to minister to native people, mm -hmm. but to minister to anybody, but using the uniqueness of, of my position as being a native person and some of the things that and the values that we have as, as native people uh and and share those with the masses because there's a there's a lot of things unfortunately that were looked over by the the first settlers you know there's there was a, a lot of things particularly in christianity because they didn't really know how to handle us because and they just they, because they didn't want to take the time, unfortunately, to to really get to understand our culture and our faith. Uh, they just sort of wrote it off as demonic or as a heathen, you know. But there's a lot of beauty within Native American culture. Mm -hmm. A lot of things that can be redeemed, but unfortunately, it, just, it was just written off and. Um, and so that's sort of my angle is to show people the compassion and where that stems from and sort of not just to have, not just for the sake of, of neutrality, but for the passion and the compassion in the community, because that that's one of the biggest things of about native people is that we are still very communal within, within our culture structure. And so we still hold that to high value, just like, just like the early church. Right. Ah, exactly. So, so that structure is still in place and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ancient leftover stuff because we're not too far from being an ancient religion. You know, the, the ancient faith of, of, of the native people is very, very similar to a lot of the value systems and, and, uh, philosophical systems and community systems that were used in the early church and in in time in the time of Jesus and the time of the Jews and, and all those things so so there's still that remnant yeah and it's it's been it's been completely fascinating to me to just learn more and more about apologetics and I feel like you're one of the champions of that community. And that's why it was imperative that I had you on. I'm, I'm dead serious about it because I, uh, MJ Jackson, I think I recently saw something with uh, Mark Charles. It's just, you bring on these very well-versed and uh, the, you guys go do a deep dive. And I, I look at you and you listen and you let them uh, lay it out for you and it's just and this and this is very educational for for many of us who are Christian who you know love the Bible we read it and we're like yay but can we defend it could we do the first Peter defense mm. of the gospel so if people right. wanted to find out more about you and support your ministry where would they go <laughs> yeah well <clears throat> uh, yeah you can go to uh, you can google search uh, www.dropsofhopeministries.com
Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a full website. Um, or if not, uh, you can go to YouTube. Um, so youtube.com slash Mr. Phil Fox, or you can follow me on any uh, or find me on any of the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I sort of have Mr. Phil Fox sort of down pat. So if you search any anywhere, uh, you can you can probably find uh, Mr. Phil Fox. So it's just it's all one word, uh, capital M, capital P, capital F, Mr. Phil Fox. So so yeah, any any platform uh, we're there under under that. Uh, even the uh, our our YouTube page is under Mr. Phil Fox as well. So so yeah, you can go and check that out. And any other interesting guys or any people coming on in in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, so uh, the next couple of weeks, I have um, I have Chris Date uh, mm-hmm. who has an interesting uh, view about hell. He's actually an an annihilationist. Um, so that's not the classical view of, of, uh, of hell. So, but it's going to be interesting to get his take, uh, you know, and, and it's actually something that's sort of, I don't know if it's gaining, but, uh, it's, it's definitely getting louder. Okay. Uh, so Chris date. Yeah. So, so he's coming on. Um, and then also I'll have Isaiah Robertson, uh, who wrote the book, uh, black church empowered. Uh, so he's going to be on, um, and uh, this, I think this coming week, I'm working on trying to get Damon Richardson on. Oh, And I'm um, also, also working on another project uh, with Mark Charles about good. some solutions to this, this idea of race, racial reconciliation. He has some very unique, um, he has some very, he has a very unique view of, of, uh, of how we move forward. And it has to do with trauma, but it's not your typical view of trauma. See, he he theorizes that that both sides, whether you're dominant culture or you're a minority, that we're both traumatized in some form or fashion so we can come to the table collectively as traumatized groups. So it gets rid of the white fragility. It gets rid of the mad minority, but we all come to the table as one traumatized group which levels the playing field so so we have some of those things uh, some of those things in work right now so um so look forward to that um and and yeah and uh, you know I'm, I'm working on getting some more folks on uh diversifying a little bit as well getting some other different perspectives which is why we got chris date coming on too so <laughs> and guys, if you hear his voice, it's 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 magic. I'm 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 after we finish, I probably will be asking him to record some things. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he's he's open to it. Yeah, Mr. So, Bill Fox. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so if you're looking for nothing but the best of oldies, you're looking for magic 98.9. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Mr. Phil Fox, thank you so much for joining me. It was absolutely my pleasure, Val. Anytime, anytime. Thank you, thank you. And this is Interludes. This is me. This is me. Imagine if one of your first dates was turned into a movie because now it's a part of American history just like you are. Imagine your first kiss forever being described as tasting like chocolate. 
The guy, whom she's supposed to be mentoring, had asked her out. They go see a movie, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, and have Baskin Robbins after. We know it happened because there's a plaque that marks the spot. And Michelle, now Obama, talks about how she became us with a skinny guy with a funny first name in the second section of Becoming, our first Value Reads book club selection. Our Forever Flotus gives us a glimpse in the beginning stages of life with Barack. We get a sneak preview into our future president's thoughts as she carefully guides us through second and third dates, those memorable first years of marriage, and career highs and lows. These two powerful legal eagles could have easily stayed on the law firm track to become rainmakers in their areas of expertise. Instead, she credits her husband's pull toward community leadership that led her into an alternate career trajectory, including working with the non-for-profit Public Allies, teaching law, and fighting her own body to become a mom. Her patience with Barack's schedule and how and when she became a mother is fascinating. Rereading Becoming, I find myself in self-reflection, seeing Michelle navigate through her younger years in awe at the similarities we share. As readers, we begin to understand why Michelle stoically stood by Barack as he rose through the political ranks as state senator and a U.S. senator. We watch Michelle as she becomes a mom to Sasha and Malia. We see Michelle continue to sacrifice to give more to her family, to her students, and of course, to her dynamic marriage that started with a movie night and an ice cream nightcap. Value Reads will continue next week with the final selection of Michelle's book, Becoming More. Next time on Interludes. The reason the event is called the Relief Sessions is it is just that. I think when I spoke to you last time, I talked about how the music provides healing. It's it's a relief from, you know, being, we've been trapped in our houses for a year with COVID. And this weekend is a part of, um, Mick Sterling does this series called the Relief Sessions. And that weekend is the Legends Weekend. So not only are we doing the music of Gladys Knight? I'm also singing background for the music of Miss Whitney Houston. She's back and performing live on a stage near you. Minneapolis songstress Miss Arnice on the next Interludes. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble. Produced by Valerie Johnson and Michael Womble. Original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. Brought to you by our national sponsor, Montevilla. The natural weight loss coffee and tea brewed with MTC oil and Ramon seeds. For more information and to purchase Montevilla coffee and tea, please visit linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. Our local title sponsor, A1 Pestmasters, for all your exterminating and pest control needs, call A1 Pestmasters at area code 773-365-9962 or visit their website at a1pestmasters.com. When you book your appointment with A1 Pestmasters, 
tell them that you heard it first on the podcast called Interludes. Catch our Interludes Extra Clips and more on our brand new YouTube channel called Interludes.